4: I'm back with a new episode of Three Rounds. And guys, the news is starting to pick up because I feel like we're finally back to the fights. Look, we all love the break during the holiday season, but there's nothing better than fights every week. And that's what we got right now. But you always gotta fight in the middle of the week as we go three rounds. So let's go. Bow. I'm gonna show yeah. you. How yeah. 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 I'm experienced. All right, as we get into round one, first off, before I go, I want to say, Sean Payton, I wish you all the worst luck in the world in Denver. We could have used you in New Orleans, but I guess a few draft picks, a whole bunch of money, is enough to make you throw your loyalties out the window. Let's get to round one. Jorge Masvidal called out Conor McGregor, said he doesn't want to fight him. He also said he is not fighting Gilbert Burns for the BMF belt because it's not BMF money. But he also made time to insult Kobe Covington calling him a bitch. That's essentially all he can figure out about Covington right now is that he is just a bitch. Now, we all know the history of Masvidal and Covington, how Masvidal hit him outside the restaurant. Kobe is obviously suffering long-term damage from the assault or at least that's what Kobe called it. He called it an assault and that is why he is not competing. Uh, Masvidal finds himself now in a situation where he's got a ton going on. You know, we speak about game bread because game bread is the news right now. And he's heading back into the octagon, losing three in a row in a must-win situation. But for as much as we talk about him, everything right now seems to be going in a bit of a bad direction because Masvidal not only has not had the success inside the Octagon that he is, he discovered in 2019, but he has now severed ties with his his long-term management, first-round management, I think it might be called, with the Cowell brothers and, and all those guys, saying that he was the one doing all the contract negotiation, saying that he was the one flying over to Vegas talking to Hunter, missing practice. And he said that, well, if I'm doing that, why am I paying you guys to uh, manage me when I'm having to take that responsibility myself? Uh, You know, managers are supposed to relieve the stress of the fighter as they prepare themselves for these battles. But that, that speaks to a bigger deal for me with Masvidal because the success in the octagon has kind of faltered. Now it seems as though the outside the octagon stuff is going in the wrong direction, too. Now, Masvidal's in a very tough spot because not even based on just that. He's a minus 350 dog or plus 350 dog against Gilbert Burns. He's got a very difficult fight. So when I see him saying I want to fight Conor McGregor, I say to myself, why not? Because even today, with what he has lost, I still would think that a McGregor fight for Masvidal is very favorable. Much more favorable than fighting Gilbert Burns, who is still fighting at the absolute top of the welterweight division. So, of course, you want to fight Conor McGregor. Conor not reciprocating isn't surprising to me, though, because when he did talk about Jorge, Jorge was still very relevant at the very top of the card. He's lost a few fights in a row. So why take the risk of fighting game bread now when he doesn't have that cachet that he had a few years ago? Kind of would have fought him before. But it's a very difficult matchup for McGregor, and there doesn't seem to be that much upside for him. So I'm not surprised that he isn't saying his name. But I think Masvidal needs to focus on the task at hand as Gilbert Burns. Because for as good as Gilbert Burns is, you can't look past him and worry about other things. You got to let the Colby Covington thing go. You guys had 15 minutes to fight. Let it go. Get back to that in time. I know these guys have a long history, and it, it's very personal. But, but for Gamebred, he needs to let it go. And as I've said time and time again, I like Gamebred. I think he's a fantastic guy. I think, he's, I think that he's always been a gentleman to me. I don't base my opinions of people on their interactions with others. I tried to see what they have shown me and he's always been great to me. Look, Marvado's in a very different place right now because this is a guy that we saw in Strike Force lose to Gilbert. Melendez, we've seen him lose time and time again. He was always popular, but then he went to the pinnacle. He went to the absolute pinnacle of the sport in a very short period of time, but now he's on the verge of going back to a place that he probably never thought possible, but he's lucky in one regard, because he still holds all the cards, he absolutely does. Because all he's gotta do is win. And it changes everything. So go out there and get a victory game, Brad. It yeah. I'm experiencing, man. There's beauty in being the man, right? Because now I'm starting two rounds with two guys talking about Conor McGregor. And the next one is the former lightweight champion of the world, Charles Dubron Oliveira. Charles is another guy that had things to say about McGregor, but it's much different because whereas Game Bread is still calling for the fight, Dubron said he's done calling for McGregor. He said, there are no fools here. Everybody knows we want the fight because Conor will give us a lot of money. Jose Aldo said that himself when he retired and goes, how can I hate Conor when he gave me the most money? But then Oliveira continued and said that he's a guy that needs to be hyped. Talked about this at UFC 283. He had a fan Q and A. He said, "I've asked for this fight plenty of times. And he never says anything. I'll be ready to the fight him one day when he wants to, but I will not call out his name anymore." Hey, Conor picks his fights. Like Dos Anjos has said time and time again, Dos Anjos said that Charles wants to fight everybody. Everybody wants to fight McGregor because it's lucrative, but he picks his fights. And when he feels that the fight is for him, he'll choose it. They both said, I'm talking about Dos Anjos now, we'll be waiting, but we'll continue to fight in the meantime. McGregor chickened out a long time ago. Long time ago. He handpicks his fights. Guys, this is what being the man does. They all think that Conor picks fights that he thinks he can win, and now all of a sudden we hear he may fight Tony Ferguson and coach the ultimate fighter. They're both saying that they're not going to talk about McGregor anymore. I'm going to focus on Oliveira a little bit. But it's exactly what he's doing. It's like having a girlfriend, and you think if I stop liking her, maybe she'll like me more, she'll start to miss me. Maybe if I don't pay as much attention to her, she'll like tap in and then I get her to love me as much as I love her. I don't think that's going to happen. I think for these guys to get McGregor to fight them, especially where they are in their careers right now, I think you got to keep insulting him. And I think you got to go further. I really believe that for Charles Oliveira now, not holding that belt. That belt was the one thing that made him valuable to Connor. Because Connor thought, well, this is a guy that strikes. This is a guy that can be hurt. This is a guy that holds the championship. So I want to fight that dude. But when you talk about star power and risk management, you ain't looking to fight Dubronx if it ain't for something so grand like a championship. I believe that Charles Oliveira is a star. Part of that reason is because I was in Brazil. And I was getting in the elevator to go home and DuBronx was showing me a video. He had an appearance at a mall there. No lie, guys. 10,000 people. 10,000 rabid Brazilian fans trying to get to Charles Bronx Oliveira. But then when you look at the numbers, does that translate to pay-per-view buys? Because that's what matters to Conor McGregor, the businessman, who still finds himself in a ton of shit time and time again. He's in some shit right now, uh, a yacht situation, I, I guess. Just real, like, not real-life situations that none of us normal people actually ever encounter, but he constantly finds himself fighting battles outside the octagon and inside the octagon, but I don't imagine for a second that a guy like Charles Oliveira is at the top of the list when you're looking at who do I fight coming back? And throughout Michael Chandler, number of occasions, don't seem like that's happening. Tony Ferguson seems to be the guy. And honestly, I think that's the best fight for McGregor. But Oliveira saying, I'm done talking about this guy, but we're talking about him right now. And if he really does want an opportunity, I think Oliveira needs to talk more about McGregor and be more insulting about McGregor and talk about all the issues that McGregor has, from the issue with the bus, from the issue to the fight with the man in the pub, to the issue that he's going through. Now, I think he has to get as personal as personal can be because then he'll make that man pay attention because he's a man. Just like Izzy Adesanya did to John Jones earlier. Every issue Jones had, Izzy poked at it. It made John pay attention. I think that's the approach that Oliveira has to take if he really wants an opportunity to fight McGregor because just the fight is not as appealing as it once was. So do Bronx. Get personal. Get nasty. If you want to cash that check, there's
0: no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card.
1: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
0: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
3: If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcast.
1: I'm show Yeah, you. yeah. Oh, yeah I'm yeah. experiencing
4: Round three. I mean, I told you guys the news was picking up. They've had some news this week. In round three, I posed the question. Is there a comparison between Jake Paul and Muhammad Ali? Did I miss something? Because we know that Muhammad Ali is the greatest promoter of our generation, of his generation, of our generation. Honestly, Muhammad Ali is the greatest promoter in the history of combat sports. He just talked and he talked and he talked. But ultimately, the results match the words, and that's why he was so valuable to people. I don't agree but the venture capitalist Don Davis does, he stated that if you look at each of them individually, Jake is the best marketer and promoter we've ever seen in combat sports. Maybe since Muhammad Ali, which is a bit of a weird way to phrase that because he said ever, but then maybe since Muhammad Ali. But he goes, the bigger part of the deal is Jake is being a marketer, creator, and a promoter of the fights that he is not in for PFL. He also mentioned, that Paul's role is to elevate the other fighters on the roster, saying he is exclusively on our platform to raise the profile of other fighters in other fights, in the Superfight Division, and in the league. He talked about Jake Paul's reach, which we know is massive, saying that Paul's social media has become so big that he can help to boost the promotion, saying that Jake has more followers and more engagements than the UFC as an entire promotion by himself. All those things are absolutely true. Cannot disagree. The Paul brothers are some of the most social giants. And I talked about Jake Paul a few weeks ago, how I have a newfound respect for him and I don't I, I don't dislike him as much as I did. And that's absolutely true. But anytime you place anyone in a category with Muhammad Ali, you are going to get kickback, especially a category that he dominated, there was no one like Muhammad Ali. Every guy Muhammad Ali fought attacked him. (laughs) They attacked him. They attacked him because he was so good with this. Jake Paul got attacked by me, but it was more annoyed at the time. It was more of an annoyance as to what is, why is this guy here? Why is this guy doing this? So if that was why you go after him, sure, you get the reaction, but I don't know if it's the reaction or the respect that even when Sonny Liston was called a big gorilla by Muhammad Ali, why he wanted to kick his ass. He was annoyed, but he also respected the person in front of him knowing that when he was going to fight Ali, it was going to be hell to pay to try to get to beat him. I don't think people respect Paul in that way yet. They're, they're starting to gain it, though. Every time he wins, they're starting to gain that respect for him as a competitor. He fights Tommy Fury uh, in his next appearance. That'll go a long way to how much people respect Jake Paul the fighter and not just the guy that talks and can get on your nerves. I, I do it to people all the time, guys. I annoy the shit out of people. I poke and I poke and I poke and I poke. And they want to kill me. But they also recognize that if they try to fight me, it's much different. I don't think people have that fear yet of Paul. Can he promote? Yes, absolutely. What he has done for where he started and who he is has been nothing short of amazing. Let's give the guy his roses. Let's give them props for doing what he's done. I mean, hell, he's got the PFL hiring him. They don't even know if he's really going to fight. His brother Logan put a pitch up of him and Dana like he was going to sign with the UFC. He has a sports drink. (laughs) I get that that's promotion. But on the same level as Ali is where it starts to get a little bit crazy for me. I watch Howard Cosell stand between Joe Frazier trying to attack Muhammad Ali on on the couch. Everybody wanted a piece of him because of the way he prodded at you, but also recognized that if you fought him, you had your hands full. I think Jake Paul is a good promoter. I think he's very good because you don't get to where he is today on Showtime selling pay-per-views without a great mouthpiece. But come on, Don Davis. You're putting him on the same level as Muhammad Ali. We all lie, but come on, man. Come on. And now for my final thought, what do we make of Raul Rosas Jr.? You know, this kid came out the other day and said he's going to be a three-division champion. And I was asked, like, what is his ceiling? I don't know. How do you know? It's not something we've seen before. It's very simple and easy to see a guy on a football field that, you know, wow, this kid's going to be the next big thing, or he has a chance to. Because we've seen many of them from the past. We've seen kids that have been born and bred to be NFL players. We haven't seen a kid born and bred to be a UFC fighter. I mean, Rory McDonald was one that we thought. He was years ahead of his time early, but then ultimately it phased out. We thought he was a sure-fire UFC champion. Never happened. So I don't know what the ceiling is for Raul Rosa Jr. But what I do know is that we got to make sure we don't rush him because he could go out and fight his next fight and again look like a world beater. But if we push him up the car too soon, he will become just another what if. The kid's young, he has time. So let's slow down a little bit. I understand he's confident. I always say it's useful ignorance. But let's give him some time and not worry about what the ceiling is for this kid. Let's just enjoy that. We got a young kid at 18 years old fighting men and finding success. That's what I think is important. Guys, thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you always watching. Until next time, like, subscribe, tell your friend to tell your friend. The DC has a YouTube channel, and he spits hot fire. Okay, that wasn't cool. I mean, that I'm just not as cool as I think at times. Until next time, guys, peace.
1: Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.